JR here with the Veterans Ranch. We provide equine therapy services to veterans and their families in Florida and the great state of Texas, and it's always free of charge. Equine therapy is very special in that it helps veterans build a bond of trust with an animal inherently born not to trust anyone. This helps them release burdens and walk off a new and improved version of themselves. Our veterans are suffering with PTSD from their time in service. Sadly, the daily veteran suicide rate is on the rise and other veterans are struggling with the transition from military to civilian life. The Veterans Ranch is here to serve these veterans and their families through these issues for as long as they need us. Your call to action today is to go to theveteransranch.org and hit that donate button and make a one-time or monthly pledge. Your precious gifts will relocate our headquarters to North Texas so we can serve five to 10,000 Texas veterans and their families each year. TheVeteransRanch.org. This is Susan Hamilton with the OBBM Network, and we are proud to partner with At Ease Veterans Magazine. It's the only magazine of its caliber written by veterans, for veterans, reaching over 40,000 subscribers with perspectives in health, business, and life. This gorgeous coffee table magazine is also available online. Subscribers love reading At Ease Veterans Magazine, and you will too. Go to AtEaseVeteransMagazine.com and subscribe today. Today we're connecting the dots between industry, government, and corporate activity. Feel like the noose is tightening? Well, it's time to take a closer look at the relationship between these guys and see how that's impacting the news they're sharing with us. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I'm Larry Kortkamp. And I'm Susan Hamilton. Welcome to OBBM Network News, where we're going to share some interesting stuff with you today. You know, Tyson is closing four plants. So why on earth would they do that, Larry? You know, this one was a, it was a head-scratcher to me. So the one thing that is assured in the United States right now is chicken, right? You have the number one product that people want. Go in any Costco in America, what do they sell the most of? They're rotisserie chickens, hot, hot from the oven. Same in Sam's, every other place around the country. Chicken, 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 everybody, it's part of their diet. So if you are a seller of chicken, the line is out the door, around the corner, and down the block for you. So Tyson closing four processing plants in America, that sets off a lot of red flags for me. What in the heck is going on here? Well, not only does this seem strange, because they had just uh, let a lot of people go. Uh, they, people were, were striking. They wanted better, they wanted better treatment. Um, but... This isn't the only food processing plant. Yeah. Over the last couple of years, we have seen them on fire, right? They are, they're blowing up here. And there's strange things that are going on with our food supply. And I don't think we should ignore that because it's definitely going to impact all the, the drivers behind the cost of the food and the availability of food in the near future. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it I, takes a while to grow a chicken. I've seen, I've seen several, uh, I've seen several in-depth stories on all these issues with processing plants, mm -hmm. one of which was by Laura Logan, who we both like yeah. and, and great reporter. And, and when they went back over a certain period of time, again, I guess it depends on the time limit that you go back, but there didn't seem to be a bigger blip, you know, on, on how many, apparently we lose these, which I didn't realize, how many of these go up and either flames or destroyed throughout the year anyway. Mm -hmm. 
but uh, th there didn't seem to be a correlation with that. I'm, I'm more concerned with just really this one particular thing where we're closing. During the COVID issue, the main thing they did in our food supply chain was they focused on processing plants. They said we didn't have enough of them, particularly in the meat industry, more the beef industry than the chicken, but we didn't have enough processing plants. We had food, but we couldn't get it, right? It was going to the processing plants. There was a problem with that. We only had three or four plants in the entire country. So when they start attacking processing plants, that just concerns me. And the reason they're giving is that it's a cost-cutting measure, which is an odd thing to be cutting the processing plant out of your supply chain. Well, unless they know a handful of things that maybe we're not thinking about. Um, because, uh, you know, the next stories where we're talking about is we've got um, it, it, workforce issues as well. So we're yeah. looking at uh, do we have enough people to work the technology behind this? Do we have enough frontline workers that are actually going to be in that? You know, you hear Nancy Pelosi and some of these cocky uh, legislators act like, you know, well, we're just going to bring in the immigrants. They can't wait to work and we're going to put them to work. And a lot of people may think that that's what's going to happen. But what about running all the equipment, right? What about the, the what it takes to actually run that plant? Um, that is actually a higher skills level. Now, if Much AI is coming level. in, AI can come in and handle a lot of the computing power of that. As a matter of fact, we saw that in a story that we did recently about how they're handling um, uh, pharmaceutical development, how that AI being a part of that makes it makes it uh, so much faster. But when we're looking at manpower issues, you know, even dirty jobs, Mike Rowe has, always, has been saying for a long yeah. time, we're not putting enough effort even into uh, helping our communities understand. There's like a lack of respect almost for the blue collar work as, as a viable, very profitable and yeah. lucrative I keep, uh, going profession. Back, I keep going back to the statement that they put out. So this is from Tyson Foods, their statement. While current market dynamics remain challenging, Tyson Foods is fully committed to our vision of delivering sustainable, yeah, that's the top, word. top that's line the word. growth and margin improvement. Okay. I'm encouraged by the improvements that we made this quarter, including our Tyson core business lines that continue to outpace our peers in volume growth. So they're growing in volume. Tyson chicken, your whole thing is about chickens. And if you're growing your volume, why would closing four processing plants mm -hmm. help you arrive at the end goal? Yeah, well, what we don't see, in, and I'd like to know more about, is where they might be opening up somewhere else. Well, I was going to say, during the height of this, it came out that a lot of the chickens were raised here in the U.S., then shipped overseas to China mm -hmm. for processing, then brought back to the U.S., so is that why they're closing processing plants I'm in the U.S.? I'm not sure how we consider this healthier. I, I don't, don't you know, it does, It's very impractical. Why are we behaving this yeah. way? Well, these relationships um, are interesting when you look at the, the correlation between industry and the government and, the cor and corporations yeah. and how internationally the, these conversations are, are really impacting us right here at and home. I, and I think you were on to something here. Our next article uh, comes to us from Fox. Demand for skilled workers on the rise. So this is, again, what you just talked about. It's, it's what we always have considered a, a blue-collar worker in the United States. Yeah. Anybody that's not sitting behind a desk pushing paper apparently is a, a blue-collar worker. But we don't realize how many of those people it takes to make our nation run. Everything from driving trucks, which we'll be talking about here soon, to teaching our kids, to everything else. Those are, those are jobs that are really irreplaceable.
And we're finding that currently, I think there's like 600,000 of those openings available. They're projecting as many as a million to doubling that number uh, in the next 10 years. And we're not, as a culture, we're not focusing on making those jobs sound attractive to young people. Crazy how we have to do that, but we do yeah. have to do that. You know, I grew up in a blue collar family yeah. um, and there was a lot of pride and dignity with doing a good job and being skilled. And a yeah. lot of these are, have so much oversight that there's a lot of continuing education uh, and, and certifications and of course licenses and permits that yeah. have to be taken out uh, when they do this. But we've already got, you know, uh, Mike Rowe was saying for a long time, we've got these buildings all over that we can't finish that all, uh, because we don't have enough welders. Right. Interesting how we don't have enough welders when that's actually a certification they offer at the prison. So you can you can become skilled. You can walk into these things and learn how to be a and not useful just prisons. Member. It's from our military. No, absolutely right. All but these I'm just people... saying you've got people that really do need the work, and yeah. they're and and they're qualified, and they can get out there and do it. And it's not enough to fill the needs that and are these out are high, there. People don't realize these are high paying jobs. Yeah, they Most are, of these high are six figure yes. jobs yes, that you're making are. for these industry jobs, particularly in the welding space. Think shipyards and and uh, auto plants and and all sorts of jobs that really require that, that labor-intensive position, but they're very high-paying, and they would do, uh, they would do excellent But they need us, the so. corporate movement um, yeah. for, for, for all that to happen. And what we're noticing more and more is uh, the, the corporate stranglehold on governments. You would think that couldn't, couldn't happen, but it is actually happening. Um, and it's been happening for a very long time. It's just been so subtle the way that comes in. Uh, and the way that news is shared with us, it just looks like we're coming in there bailing people out right and left with the... No, well, and, there and, are there are carrots and sticks tied well, to everything. But we were talking on before we went on the air about that, and, and, my, and my concern sometimes is we're mislabeling the blame attached to here. Why, you know, as, as just a layperson, when we look at a company like uh, Anheuser-Busch, why would they make a decision that hurts their bottom line to the degree that they did mm -hmm. with the Bud Light? If we're looking at a business like Target, why would they make these business decisions that don't reward the bottom line to the shareholders, the shareholders who are well, investing in the company and expecting a return, you're headed. right? I know where you're so headed. So why are we yeah. making these decisions? Because there's a difference between a shareholder and a stakeholder. Yeah. And there's a huge, and, and really you have to dig a little bit in that because uh, a lot of times when you read a large definition, keep digging and you will find it. And what you will find when you look up the word stakeholder is this is the better. Um, this isn't just, um uh, this isn't just somebody who has invested in the company, although they use those terms loosely as though that is the case. We're all stakeholders. We got shareholders that put money into that company, expect an investment return. But we're all stakeholders because it benefits us all when they do a great job. But the no. stakeholders don't even include the consumers of the product. They say it does. They say they it say does. They say it does. But, they don't. but it doesn't. And, and the way you can tell mm. has everything to do with. Uh, uh, the bet, because you've got people that are deciding from a, a big distance, uh, looking at this space and saying, how can we impact human behavior? We have, a, we have an idea for how this world should look. It should be like this. And we're going to call it, actually, Sustainable Development Goals under the, uh, you know, uh, environmental social governance, right? And which now has many, many more acronyms, by the way, listening this well, morning. Well, they're, they're, so they're finding many. out. We heard that from uh, uh, the CEO of BlackRock, Fink, saying that 
um, ESG is no longer going to be used as much. Right. Why the, is that? Because it's we being don't like used it. too much. Yeah. And the consumers, to understand the general what it public, means. are starting to understand what it means. Yeah. So there's so gonna, dirty dogs. So we're going to kind of get away from so that. So here's right. the thing. When they, when they are betting on human behavior because a handful of these guys have decided, a handful of large corporations that have really figured out how to have worker bees, how to make money off of worker bees so that they can have everything that they want and we can all stay in this space of, uh, of uh, this hamster wheel, well, it requires a handful of things to stay on that hamster wheel. One of those things is you have to be hungry. The other thing is you have to be broke, and then you have to be sick. And so if we can keep people in a scenario like that, they're going to be clamoring for the government to come in, swoop in with the response, we can help. Clearly, you can all see the social ills. We can help you. And then what that's going to be tied to very quickly is, uh, okay, we're going to help you, but it's going to come with this string. And we're never going to give you what you think you're going to get. You know, um, the story from uh, Yellow, I didn't realize how they were subsidized by the government, um, this trucking, the trucking industry in this way. So Yellow is... Well, they uh, got hit like everybody else during, during COVID. Yeah. And uh, so they applied for... Uh, they got hit in COVID because their drivers couldn't drive because they were they were kept at home, right? So they really had a, a big impact to their bottom line, and and people don't realize the trucking industry in this country That's a how much it, observation how much it me. drives everything. Everybody every, was shipping. Shipping was ha happened even more. What do you mean? I well, don't know that were, I agree with they you. They were pressurized to not have their yeah. their drivers. They were supposed to be. Uh, sheltering in place just like us. Everybody was supposed to be at home. People weren't supposed to be mingling with each other. Yeah, they liked other. that scarcity. Right? They, so wanted, they, they were, were kicking so it they, out the door right they then. They created an issue yeah. for these jobs, everything from airline pilots to truckers yeah. to bus drivers, you name it. How taxis, can we lock everything down? Everything had to be locked down. But these these companies depended on that. They needed to be out moving products around. So well, we had supply chain issues. How long it Anyway, happened? all that aside... They applied for, like everything else did, they applied for government assistance during that period of time. However, the only thing the government lacked at this point was oversight. They failed to look at Yellow and see their books and see where they were financially at that point in time. They were already struggling prior to this financial assistance from the government. And we loaned them a lot of money. Uh, Five billion dollars. I think uh, they, they were subsidized before that. They I were think. simply unable to uh, to. To continue on, again, they were already failing and they just failed to recover. Well, but this is 30% of our trucks in America, yellow trucks. And this is just one issue. It's the, mon it's the money, right? Because the other issue, like you see in states like California, saying we're, not, we're going to make sure nobody, if they don't have upgraded electric semis, they're not even going to be allowed to do business well, That's why I say this isn't just one thing. Yeah, it's, it's not. All it's of all that. of it together. It's, it's the truck industry being bombarded. And these guys are saying, man, what happens? This, if yeah. I've been doing this for 30 years and I no longer have a pension, yeah. so that's a big frustration. Well, things, okay, once again, they don't make a lot of sense. And what, what, when I started seeing the Teamsters connection, and I should have, I just don't pay a lot of attention to the trucking industry. I've been really paying, focused more like on this whole EV ridiculousness, because those trucks, if they're all electric how i was telling randy the other day my husband i was saying well how why how many trucks does it take to haul that load when it's got an electric engine right now you need double the drivers and double the trucks because they are going to now not be able to handle the weight capacity of that electric battery 
but they're not also they're not going to be strong enough when they do to haul the same amount of stuff from A to B. It's completely impractical. Problem solved, so because we're not going to have drivers anyway. It's well, all be driverless vehicles, right? Yes, yeah, so all be driverless. Well, how is that going to help? I'll tell you what. Uh, that brings me to the next story. When we're talking about um, uh, these driverless vehicles, we're talking about also about. Uh, using AI when it comes to routing, because it's not just driving, it is routing. Uh, recently in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, they started experimenting with Alpha Route. And what happened was, uh, while well, they told the community, and I don't know if you've ever been to Louisville. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Yeah, it's not like a huge city. No, it's still got a good-sized population. It's a good-sized population, but it's not like, you know, New York. It's not 12 people, and it's you, a couple it's, hundred thousand. You know, people. you just wouldn't... Uh, they lost the kids. I mean, or they, they, they took, this Alpha route took these bus drivers. Now, these bus drivers are also Teamsters. Um, so I'm not sure if there's any connection in there. And I'm going to look a little <laughs> bit deeper. But that, it, it drove me to the next story to kind of look a little bit different. But I, I was like, what on earth would cause bus drivers to drive around, snaked around a city they know well, where kids don't get home till 10 o'clock on the first day of were, school. Because they're testing out the system, which is a GPS system, and they were told, sit down, follow Siri, and she will guide you, right? They're, they're following well, the system. Sense. They're following in. the system because we have taken large expense to determine the most equitable route equitable. through the city. Hmm, another one of those. It saves on gas, SDG makes words. the kids. So you, your job is simply yeah. to follow directions. So these kids are wet in their pants. They're hungry. They're scared. These are elementary students that are not able to. I just I can't fathom it. If I was a bus driver, you would really. I mean, I would know where these kids live. I would. I'd be figuring this out. I wouldn't be waiting for a computer to tell me how to get them there. Which is, you know, this is that's to me the height of ridiculous. How do you come back from that and go? Well, we allowed more, this to happen. There was more. In these that kids story. were not quiet. There was more in that story too. The the bus was overcrowded. Because well, because, it has to be, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they've they've taken back. They, they're short on drivers right. as it is. They're short on buses. They're short on drivers. But I did see. Um, didn't you make me aware that the superintendent? Yeah, was, the superintendent. Uh, even though they're it. short on all these things, uh -huh. which cost a little bit more money, the superintendent managed to find enough to give himself a raise. Is it that was what a, you nice, a nice, a uh, nice. So they paid Alpha Route two hundred and sixty-five. $265,000 to recalculate bus routes for the 2023-24 school year. But you, what is his raise? It was like $350,000. Um, yeah, $350,244. Uh, so he gave, and we don't realize that our superintendents usually are the highest paid. I mean, there's more than a governor mix. Oh, we have some here in Texas folks that are making a million dollars and, a year in earnings and bonuses and extras. And a clearly, if you look at a, a And ironically, a lot of those that are making the most money are in the worst performing districts. Well, there's a incentivization there because mm -hmm. is this about getting our kids what they need or is this about making sure we cripple the next generation to not be able to move ahead? And I really see too much evidence of that being true. Everything can sound, see, it's all smoke and mirrors. They're so gonna... that, well, and that's when we were, when we were talking about the yellow trucking industry and we were talking about corporates and, and how they're, they're making decisions. And I'm wondering, the corporations, I, I'm not absolving them from it, but I am saying I'm wondering if they're getting outside pressure from other people like BlackRock who are pushing them on financial concerns, 
BlackRock has made no bones about saying they are going to force industry, force businesses. They are literally going to force them to comply with ESG regulations and the global look on life. They're going to, because people, Fink himself came out and says they are not going to do it unless they are forced to do it. And we are in the position to force them. Yeah. And how do they force them? They deny them rock. their lines of credit. Yes. They deny them access to finances. They do all these kind of things to really push these companies. And I'm wondering how much of that is at play here from this global level. And when you and I talk about this kind of stuff, ESG, people just kind of roll their eyes back. They're just like, number one, either they have no idea what we're talking about or they just think it's tinfoil hat time. But no, uh, these, I think these... that apathy that we've been lulled into allowed media to speak to us as though we yeah. can, don't have to turn our brains on. Yeah. And there is other information out there. And in a day-to-day, when this there is this, this is the information age. Man, if you can't find the information that you need to be aware of the scenarios in your world, you are simply willfully being uh, willfully being ignorant because the every this information is out there. And by now, you can tell who's telling you the truth, and what it actually looks like to you on the other side. This isn't and funny. This isn't is, humorous. No. And this isn't something that we can it's just, just like disregard. This. Oh, and by the way, the film was released. It's, these no. are serious things that are so, affecting our day-to-day yeah. life in this country. How do your kids get to school? What are they learning when they get there? What is your food supply? Suddenly you can't go to the store and buy that rotisserie And what chicken. about those investments in China? So there's So we knew for a long time that these... Uh, the, when we had a, the relationship that we had with China and technology. So this is another thing. We already knew it. We already yeah. talking about it. They were already taking our intellectual property. We already did had a hostile relationship on the business front with them. Yeah. Um, and so here we, you know, now we are going to, uh, the, the Senate approves a measure requiring companies to report tech investments in China and other countries of concern. So now they, it should be reported. Right now, well, we should. Well, what the ever love and heck kept you from having? You we knew would not this. have. We an, knew this. We would not have an Apple company without the relationship with China. We would not have movies today without relying. We're now having to tailor the scripts so that the Chinese government approves them, so they can be shown in China. Because without the Chinese market, the films will fail. We are looking at all these things that are dependent. We won't have medicine if we don't have this relationship with China, because most of the ingredients are coming from China. Mm. We won't have batteries without China. All this dependency that that we have created on China knowingly, and it's been a laughing stock. As someone who's been in business a long time and gone to a lot of trade shows throughout the year, the trade show market was, was on display. You would see products and services, particularly products, hardwares, new innovations at a trade show, and you would see nothing but a cluster of of Chinese people around there with their cameras literally detailing this new engine, this new product, down to the mat's butt, because in 30 days, that would be a knockoff and it would be available through China at a cheaper rate. You know, and you couldn't it's not stop new. it well, because so we didn't enforce, we didn't enforce, didn't enforce any yeah. trademarks, well, any, who any should copyright be enforcing protections, that? nothing. So here, then we could tie it back into understanding who's, we, we thought that there were government entities, right? Yeah. We thought that there were entities that should be enforcing our, our protections, but we haven't seen those protections. Instead, what we've seen is them enforcing the rights of these large international corporate interests 
uh, because they can actually be fined and sued. Yeah. Our governments can actually be fined and sued by the way these, these treaties have been laid out. And our treaties are not good. They are not healthy. Um, and now these lawmakers are saying, hey, it's a little bit late on this, on um, looking at the investments into Chinese technology. We know that's been a little bit late. But you know, this, this, this is, is getting a lot deeper. And I, I, for one, am really looking forward to delving deeper onto this subject. Uh, for today, we're going to call it a wrap for today. Thanks for watching our program today. Look for us in the near future, and we hope to see you again soon. Today, you're not limited to traditional mainstream media that doesn't support your family, your life, your values, or your business. OBBM Network News is available Monday through Friday at 5, nine, five and 9 Central and 6 and 10 uh, Eastern on Traverse TV and available to anyone on many smart TV apps such as Rumble, Roku, and Traverse TV. Connect with us on obbmdfw.locals.com. Truth, Gab, Getter, and more. Remember to subscribe, rumble, like, and share wherever you're using social media. Get the audio podcast version of this show and over 30 others when you subscribe to the OBBM Network Podcast on Spotify, iHeart, and wherever you're listening to podcasts. Thank you for watching and letting your friends know about this program. And do please consider being a member of our Locals.com community at the $5, $10, or $25 level. And you can reach that through the QR code on your screen. We're 100% grassroots funded by you. We want to thank our advertisers and remind our viewers to use their products and their services. Hi, this is Larry Kortkamp with the OBBM Network. You know, if you're like most Americans, you don't understand the medical industry. You need an advocate on your side to get the best care for you at the best price. You need Graith Care on your side. Call 469-864-7149 and tell them that OBBM sent you. Purchase time in blocks. You can always add additional time if you need to. Get 10% off advocate services when you mention OBBM. You can talk to your advocate about anything medical. Get some peace of mind. Let Graith Care advocate for you. Protect your medical rights and get the treatment that you deserve. Go to graithcare.com, call 469-864-7149 and tell them OBBM sent you and get 10% off your first session. This is Susan Hamilton with the OBBM Network. You know, electromagnetic frequency disrupts our nervous system, causes anxiety, and damages our immunity. Studies linking EMF radiation to cancers and autoimmune disorders are something we shouldn't ignore. That's why I use EMF blocking devices from Geo Wellness and encourage everyone to limit their exposure wherever they can. I decided that because of what I do every day in the production studio, I needed to be able to offer solutions for the people I work with. Go to geowellness.com forward slash Susan Hamilton to check out these amazing EMF radiation blocking products. That's geowellness.com forward slash Susan Hamilton.